2: You'll find us here Moving
1: iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This week I've got Jason Holt back here from Anvil Appworks. Jason, how you doing, man?
3: Oh, we're doing very well. Uh spring's coming around and it's uh it's uh, nice to get out a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of change of weather. That's not you know, it's still windy, obviously, but it's not blowing snow. So it's it's uh way better. I take 70 degrees and windy than 20 and windy any day of the week so it's it's for sure had the
3: pleasure last week of going visiting a customer at one of their sales meetings and we were launching with them and definitely nice to be in the southern part of the united states and enjoying some of that and seeing some of the planners roll and yep. it's good to get out there and see things starting to happen
1: yeah it's uh definitely that time of the year a lot of stuff going on in the field right i got a lot of field work going on we got a lot of planners rolling and and uh, it won't take very long to get stuff in the ground and there's uh just like every spring, you know, things change and you take a look around and I, you know, I kind of, we talked a little bit about what we were going to talk about when we got on here and definitely things are changing in the equipment business. It's not, um, it's not uh, as fast paced as it was. It feels like there's still plenty of people interested in buying stuff, but it's just not the same pace that we saw, you know, this time last year. And as you look across there, you know the conversations you're having with folks, Jason. You hearing something similar out there?
3: Absolutely. You know prices are high.
1: People yep. are buying, but interest
3: rates are higher. You know, and that plays into both sides. Um, I really think the the um, the the number of people out there looking, as you said, is slowed down. But the people who are looking are buyers, yep. and they're interested. Uh, they're better informed. They they've got a better selection now than they probably have had in years to look at. So I think the winners and losers in this market right now are all going to come about how good they manage their inventory. And that's not just use, you know, get rid of age stuff. We're talking about get it in, get the right stuff, get it priced right, get it advertised right. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today is going to determine who wins
1: 2023. Yep. So I think one of the you hit a high point there as far as I'm concerned, looking out at the inventory place where we see now is I don't want to say inventories are overwhelming anywhere, but there are some some signs of some things, combines especially. I mean, you start to see combines kind of stack up a little bit. Um you've seen some other things when it comes to even some real crop tractors that are starting to stack up a little bit. <clears throat> the bad part about the situation in right now is that we were always concerned about um turn and holding costs and all those things that come into play, but nothing like we were worried about now. When you start looking at you know Seven and a half percent floor plan interest rates and those kind of things that are floating around out there. I mean, I've heard up to eight percent. I've heard nine percent. I've heard I mean, so many different numbers that I've heard come through there. Those are real dollars when you start talking about you know tens of millions of dollars worth of equipment. So going through that process and understanding what, getting it through the shop, getting it out in the lot, getting people interested, getting it advertised, doing that whole that whole sales process is such an important thing. And, and I guess Jason, customers that you're working with. What I guess, have have you noticed anything getting changed? Have you seen more urgency in different places? I mean, what are you seeing out there as you talk to customers about the problem? You
3: know, as we're working with dealers, they're really looking for those, you know, those margin leaks. And it used to be all about, like, service and recon and how can we get that part right? Is that what was eating into margins? Now they realize it's holding costs more than anything else. So we've also had them look at more of a what is the right margin, you know, for years Guys like us would just throw out the same margin year in and year out. That's what we need to make on stuff. But if you're talking 8% carrying costs versus you know nothing two or three years ago, right. you've got to start questioning just about everything that you thought was the truth or the gospel yeah. about pricing equipment and such, and just really make sure that all those variables come into play. So it's a little bit about looking in the past. How did you sell? What did you make? How long stuff happened? But dealers are really looking at that efficiency scale right now. How do How do things come in? How do they get done how do they get moved out how do they get to the next person and uh that's where they're asking us more about than how to uh you know manage recon or, or how to how do we identify the age stuff anymore and those conversations have died down and it's
1: about how do we get it in and how do we get it out yep yeah. i think one of the easiest things to to throw stones at is the recon process at any any dealership right just
2: mm-hmm.
1: you no know, it's not my fault i got overpriced you know the shop took advantage of it or whatever and that's you hear that every time you every time i've not heard that right so as as you're going through that process now the cool thing about reconditioning is depending on how your business system is set up and those kind of things it's not that hard to track what reconditioning costs are for machines and and what does that look like and then going back and taking a look at what the actual reconditioning cost was compared to what you estimated and then start making some some adjustments as you go through there the one thing that slows down the invoicing of a piece of equipment fashion anything is it's not getting it through the shop. It's the information, getting to the shops, so the shop can get the stuff going. You have right. a very cool thing when you're in your setup uh, over an at, at anvil there where you have a more or less a, a workflow of sorts that, Hey, machine yeah. comes in, this is what we're going to do to it. Talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, there's certain problems that technology is really good at solving and time lag and and scale are the two that they're really good at, at helping with. And one of them is during that trade evaluation process and where you're looking at comps and variables and what are we going to do with this machine and the salesperson is deeply into it and they just inspected it is where all those decisions are made a lot of times about what to do and how to do it. And But there might be months between the timeframe that that conversation happened to when it arrives on the lot when it's ready for pickup when it's ready to do what you need to do and that time gap is what makes it hard because when it comes in you're chasing down who knows this how do i find this where's the paperwork what we say to do and that's where our workflow or order to cash process really makes it nice because we capture during that mark sold process when we were making the deal we ask those questions we create those service requests right then while it's all fresh in everybody's mind and what are we going to do and how much money do we have to spend? Right. And then it just sits there in the background waiting for that machine to come in. And then it's available to that service department when they're ready for that machine. When the truck came in, they can; it's in their work queue. They're ready to go with it. And that saves a lot of time and effort and a lot of confusion back and forth because it disconnects the salesperson from the service department in that direct line of communication. Right. Service salesperson can do what they need to do during EOP season. And then the service department gets what they need uh, there. And the other part is scale. As you get larger and do some more of these transactions and stuff, it's hard to keep it all up in here. So the days of flagging down the salesperson and asking them, what were you going to do to that tractor? They don't know anymore. They're, They're handling enough deals, enough pieces, enough time lag that, um, being able to do this repeatedly, park it, just bring it to the salesperson when they need it, has just made a lot of difference on both efficiency and honestly accuracy as well. Yeah. Um, we've all got stories, you know, where that machine you meant to wholesale suddenly got spick and span, new cab kit and everything else out on yeah. the front line yep. before anybody caught it.
1: And uh, you know, it just eliminates those types of errors. Yep. And those are the those are the errors that it's not anyone's fault. It's just a total utter complete lack of communication and and where where that falls into and that's you know whatever that is what it is but those things are easy to easy to happen they've happened to me plenty of times so yeah it's always a good technology yeah. helps good
3: people do good things yep. that's and that's what it kind of comes down to the good people doing that trade evaluation how do we just get them to get that to service on a reliable
1: yep. you know
3: timely basis
1: and that's where technology leads yep all right, so speaking of technology, as you're looking at, at these machines that we're looking at valuing now, they're chock-full technology, whether we're talking about not just necessarily if they drive themselves or not, but we're talking about the internal efficiencies that come along. We're talking about seed and spray, or we're talking about exact apply, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that we're talking about that on these different machines that are out there. Um, Making sure that you have the latest pricing data, in my opinion now, when you're on the back side – of of a of a upswing, that's the scariest place to be because you don't know what's ahead, yeah. right? So as you're looking out here and taking a look at some of this stuff, one thing I like to do when we start looking at these kind of downturns and what this looks like and where does this thing going, I was, I kind of go back and take a look at the last downswing we went through and and what did that look like and and where did we start seeing those pieces kind of fall into place and what were the percentages of of you know um, MSRP and all those kind of things that start popping up out there. And you start trying to play that same game on this side because, oddly enough, the percentages are still the same. It's just a dollar significantly bigger, you know. So it's it's a when you mess up now, it's a it's a more of a glaring thing than it was before. So I guess, Jason, as you're looking at the system that that, that has out there right now, there's a lot of pricing things built into that that give you not only what's out on the internet with your, with your connection with Tractor Zoom, but also bringing in that data from the last five or six sold within your own businesses yeah you know
3: the biggest difference uh in now is both um you can't just look at one segment and kind of understand what happened with that segment because the whole market has shifted the age the population what it entirely looks like so we saw people buying things that they wouldn't normally buy recently and then now we have more of this in inventory than we traditionally would so you can't just like go to eight R tractors and or row crop tractors, and just see what we've done with that traditionally. So you need to understand how big of a percentage that was of your inventory, and how did it scale, and how did it go out there. But the other piece that we need to do this time is you just can't look at model numbers anymore. And that's what was really easy before, looking through some of the uh, spreadsheets and, you know, compare model numbers, and, and well, they're all kind of the same because of our area. That's not the case anymore either. So that's where we... Um, Um, you you mentioned the tractor zoom piece. That's where even just getting comps, how do we make that easier and how do we work with that? Well, we worked with that team and they're starting to get the description of the machine and using that to even zoom in a little bit more on the comps so that you automatically know, does it have C and Spray? Does it have some of these other options that are on there geographically where you're at uh, from that? So you got to dial it in a little bit closer as well. And that again, that's where technology helps. That's where some of the tools that we have that we know the inventory and the options that it had and the tire sizes and some of the other things or, or precision farming applications, what did it have on it so that you can start to slice that inventory down a little bit more, do some real comparables. Because I think what you're going to see is you're going to see some stock units in that model range or that that type of tractor do well. And you're going to see some do not so well. And you got to figure out why. It's not just a plain old any machine come in, any machine go out. Uh, those options are going to start to become, you know, uh, very important to the customer. And that's where just having it all together makes a big difference of being able to do your reports, being able to analyze it and say, what's this mean if I've got real with assist? What's it mean if I've got GPS included or auto track subscriptions are there? Um those those now are a larger percentage of the machine price as well as a larger percentage of the customer's buying decision as well
2: yeah
1: the process you know the last last podcast we did we were talking about the easy button and that kind of stuff and yeah absolutely and the you know if you look at what's going on right now there's there's a lot of folks that are still trying to push up an easy button. And as you look at yeah. some of these things that are happening, I mean, 25% of the combines listed out there are over 500,000 bucks. Um, yeah. 25% of the combines listed out there are 21 or 22, you know, model machines. So that's a, yeah. that's a big number. Um, the price of these machines are, are going to go. So really being able to keep track of what you see happening in your area and understanding yeah. what those look like and following those trend lines when it comes to pricing is, is more important than ever. So talk a little bit about that. And yeah. I know your system does that.
3: That's a great question because, you know, what we've been really successful at is is those ideas have usually been locked up with the used equipment manager. Okay. And they're the ones doing the industry analysis or seeing the trend lines or, you know, overall where our combines moving. Right, And those are great ideas. But how can we bring that to the end user? How can the salesperson have some of that same insight So when they're trying to sell the machine, they can make those same arguments, understanding, sell from a place of knowledge. So what we recently introduced uh, was the taking some of those dashboards that we talked about early on during trade evaluations where what you've sold in the last two years, how much have they uh, gone for? What's the average? What's the percent of MDP? Those are now living right on the stock unit page. And when you look at the iron comps, auction values, retail averages, comparables, you know, with one click, that's now available on our stock unit page as well. So not only when I'm trying to value a used combine do I get that information back in the used equipment team, when it's now on the lot and I've got a customer looking at it, I am much more informed by being able to say, here's what we've got in inventory right now similar to it. Here's what we've sold recently. In one click, I'm on comparables on the uh, tractors and website as well. So you are uh, really just much more informed, more in tune. And by the way, those are all real-time as you're trying to sell it. So as it kind of takes some of that time lag away as well that, yeah, you evaluated it last August with whatever was relevant then. But when the salesperson is trying to sell it, they have today's information, today's comparables, today's other inventory that you have with just one or two clicks right on that stock unit page within within Anvil and Dealer Connect. And that is, you know, that's the proud part of technology is taking some really good methodology or process that we've done that, you know, we've done for years on the used equipment side, and then bringing that to the salespeople to integrate into their sales conversation and share that with the customer and and just feel more informed and better informed on today's environment. So those have been fun conversations, bringing that out and sharing that with dealers as we
1: push that out right to the uh, to the stock unit page as well. Yeah. And that's, I, I really think that's the, it's one thing to, to know what you sold stuff for and, and kind of yeah. look at the rearview mirror and kind of see what's happening. But watching those trend lines develop of auction values or uh, retail values or whatever that is, that that's really kind of, that's the crystal ball that everybody's looking for and trying to figure that out. And, and it, believe me, working off spreadsheets and trying to track stuff, this, that, and other thing and having the latest information, yeah. it, it's not real time. And it's, it's, you do it once a month or once every two weeks or once a quarter, <clears throat> whatever it is that you're doing. And it's just, you usually miss the, the latest information that you needed. Um, yeah, You just don't have it at your fingertips. And I think that's one thing I like about what you guys are doing there. You know,
3: and the other new feature that's getting some real attention from us now is that saved inventory search. Again, I think we talked about it earlier, but it's where you can put in, I'm looking for this type of machine. And, you know, we all wrote that down in our books for years or our legal pad and said, make sure to call Jim if we get this in. But that's where the new feature of saved search is. I can just say, I want to save this for this customer and the system the next day, as soon as one comes into inventory, will notify you there's a new match for your search. Again, that's kind of that Zillow technology that's been out there. As you're hunting for a new home, they tell you which ones just went on the market. Well, that's our equivalent to that as well. Sales teams can get pushed. You know that deal from three months ago where you saved this and said you wanted to know the next time we got X, Y, or Z model in? Here's an email in my inbox that says one just got created yesterday. It's a trade-in. It's ready to go. And you can close that deal right then. Yeah. Talk about carrying cost reduction. Talk about good customer service. Mm -hmm. Talk about the benefits to the salesperson, not having to try to keep it all up in their head and, and you know, go back to that customer. That's just a win. And we're really starting to get some momentum behind that feature as well as people start to see that. The stories within the dealerships are, are uh, you know, kind of going back and forth. And that's just been fun seeing that one go live and see
1: what it's doing in the wild. Yep. So that kind of brings into my ne- my next uh, point there. He's talking about optimization and finding those, those efficiencies that you can gain. In your yeah. sales process, as you're getting stuff ready to, to sell, because this, again, pre-selling is the easiest way to to stop yeah. things from an interest, right? It doesn't ever collect interest because never yep. get physically <laughs> put on the books. It's getting invoiced the same day. So, you know, as you're, as you're looking at that pre-sale process, talk a little bit about how you've married that up together to where you can better, at least like the example you gave right there, better yeah. pre sell equipment quicker and faster. You know, it's... We've all had those third
3: party systems that, you know, promised us that we'll tell you who's buying combines or we'll tell you who's in the market for skid steers or whatever else it is. And, you know, they're right. They do have that information where it's fallen down for us is the past is, OK, we go run some some report and we go email it out. And here, guys, here's a bunch. Here's here's a bunch of uh, people for our sales team to follow up on. And it's kind of hope and prayer from then. What we've been able to do is work with either like EDA or, or some of the manufacturer provided uh, lead systems where they're using some prediction and such. And we're able to take it that last mile. Not only is it as an export, but it's individual sales leads for each customer based upon why with why we think we should be calling on this customer. And then as a, as a sales manager, you can match that up to equipment, see who's following up on them, you know, Kick a little bit, if need be, or reward on the other side. Who's doing a great job of following up onto those? And that's the real difference with these external third parties helping us figure out who to call on. But on the same side as well, when it's super easy to go find the last person you, or the people have bought this before, or even taking your logic, who's bought, who currently owns what I would like to trade for. You can find that easily with just a couple of clicks and a search. And find that list of customers and, and go attack them and go into there as well. Yep. And then the last piece of that is just how do we how do we allow you to get those reminders effectively? Right. We've all had that scenario where customers come in and said, or, you know, talk to us and said, yeah, I, realize, I feel like I'm going to trade Baylor's this fall. And you're like, oh, cool. I got to remember that. So you write it down in your book, you write it down on your legal pad or whatever else. And comes around this fall and hopefully you caught you follow up with them again. But unfortunately we've all had those scenarios where, where you don't. And then you find out they bought something else or you weren't in the consideration set. That's as easy right on that customer, just doing a forge ahead task and saying, you know, call them back in October and, and it's right there, ready for you. You're working with that customer. You get that reminder. It's on that month's list of things to do. It's, it's, it's just so easy not to forget it. It's just so easy to do what you intended to do without having to have it up here again. And when you combine those three things about being able to use third-party information effectively, but then also mine your existing information and find those customers who have either looked a lot like or bought what you have or need to trade for, and then also just, just do the sales thing really efficiently because you have technology helping you, and when they give you that buy signal that says, I'm, I'm going to trade this fall, you can reliably be there when they're ready, you can reliably get back to them, and you don't have to try to keep it all in your head.
1: Yep. And I think the one the one thing, too, about about that process that, that makes it so so clean is that you can go through there and you can pick out the, the criteria that you're looking for. Because I think the worst thing, I think, as yep. dealerships we do for ourselves, guys, is that here's a list of people who want you to call on and it's not a yeah. list of 10 people. It's a list of 250 people. And you're supposed to go through <laughs> yes. there and manage that, you know, and figure out who's the most, well, ultimately what ends up happening is you just go back and call on the same 15 or 20 people you always call on. And yeah. on the list, I went down the list and I checked them off. They're on there. I mean, and yeah. so I think being able to to go through there and, and really make a, a a good list of people that is one, you know, it's going to be effective. And two, it's manageable. And if you can do those yeah. two things, your sales got your sales staff is going to be way more, way more experienced with those customers, and they're going to have way more success with those customers than if we just say, you know, here's a list of people that have bought a skid steer, and there's 250 yeah. people on there, and you're supposed to decipher <laughs> where do you start and where do you stop. You know, and I think that's that's a key part.
3: <clears throat> you know, and that's the transition that is really fun to watch is. The you know what you just described was okay, I'm gonna work my list today. Right. You know, and I got to kind of stop what I'm doing and I'm just working my list. When you bring that into Anvil, that changes that dynamic when it's like I'm working with this customer. Oh, I I have a, a lead in here from this other system that says they're likely to do this trade as well. You may not be talking to them for any re- any for that reason or anything else.
2: Sure.
3: But when you're doing that already, you have this follow-up to do. you got to do this other thing. And then, boom, oh, there's also a combine lead that came in. Let me address that during our next conversation. So bringing the leads to their day-to-day activities rather than making it a drudgery, okay, i got to sit down and make 500 calls at once,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: is the game changer for a lot of folks. How do we just bring that to you when it's timely, when you're only working with that customer, or when you're only working in that area? And that's when it becomes so much more effective. When you can treat it as customers, not as a lead, right? Not as a call. This person it
1: creates that because so I mean, not everyone likes. I mean, cold calls are just part of being a sales guy, but but no one likes to do a cold call because you're trying to figure out something, to talk to somebody about. But if you have, yeah, just show up and you can say, hey, you know, I have talked to you about you know whatever x, y, and z. I understand you're interested in something. Blah blah blah. It's the dynamic of that conversation. The dynamics of that conversation is so much different yeah. than than they are if. You're just like hey it's, yeah you know today look at this you know, yeah but our customers
3: their salespeople can pull right up in the truck um pull out their iPad pull out pull out their phone do whatever they're doing and say okay here's what they've owned here's what they bought a couple of years ago here's what a follow-ups I need to do today with this customer and here's some leads that I've been fed related to this customer and here's their service work going on as well and yep. here's the last three things they bought for parts you know you can be prepared to meet with that customer that visit without a ton of work and you can do it right from your phone. Yeah. Which means there's honestly no excuse to go into their dry anymore, you know, kind of cold calling because no matter who's in your area, we probably know something about them and having it accessible right when you're ready to do that is the difference Um, really makes it feel like you're, you know, they're the only person you care about because that customer is because of, you know, so much about them, but in reality you've used that. you know, I, I use the phrase a lot. Just imagine if you knew what you already know about that customer. Right, exactly, yeah. And, yeah, you know, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to know it easily, and it's another yeah. thing to know it at the right
1: time. Yep. And that's where I really feel like we make a difference. Yep, and it's tying those all those departments together, just like you talked about. I mean, knowing what's in the shop, knowing what parts they bought, those kind of things. I. There's times I've gone out and talked to customers with sales guys, and we're talking to them about, <clears throat> doing something and they're getting an engineer built in the shop that we didn't know about. And they're, <laughs> they're mad at the fact that we're out there talking to them about it, whatever, you know, like, well, we didn't realize that, sir. And we look unprofessional and stupid, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. Well, oh, no. absolutely. So now if you knowing all that stuff, when you pull in there then you can say, tell you, Hey, look, before they go much yeah. further on this machine, let's talk a little bit about some options that you might have about yeah. this machine, you know, and this, this lady's that real yeah. quick. And we can make that decision moving forward because I think sometimes customers get, Fixated on just the only option in front of them, and that's the the forty thousand dollars shop bill. It's, yeah, yeah. There's other other options that we can look at, and things that we can go down that'll that may be better or worse than what you're in, but at least you know the options, right? You know what's yeah. on there.
3: I think you, you know, know. We had this story. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We had that story of uh, you know you're trying to pre-sell that trade in. You're working with that customer. When am I going to be able to get it from you? When you know when can my next customer get it? And the first question is, okay, well, when will my new one be in? And the salespeople, oftentimes, I don't know, I'll have to go dig it out. I'll have to call in. I'll have to do something with that. Well, with ours, it's, it's click on the customer, click on the the uh, inventory, and then click on it, and you see their, the latest ship date from yeah. the manufacturer on that. So that's changed that whole conversation to where when you're right there, you can say, yeah, it's coming in on this date. We need a couple of weeks to get it through the shop, and we can get it to you by here confidently. Oh yeah, well we can have my trade by then. We can get it over to the next person by then, and that just changes that from a back and forth and uninformed situation to where you can just have a much better,
1: you know, output outcome from it. Absolutely, and I think that's that's such a uh, a key part of the of the pre sale process is is not only knowing who you're going to take it to, but but what does the timeline look like, and what do the logistics look like getting that piece to somebody because. Always, whenever you get a, you know, delivery date from a factory or whatever, it's, it's plus it's 10 days at a minimum.
2: Yeah, know?
1: absolutely. i it afraid get it shot and everything else. I mean, so if it's, you know, if it's the first of the month, it's, you know, the, the 10th or the 15th before anybody can yeah. even think about coming and picking it up or getting it delivered or whatever it is. So understanding those logistics and then uh, also setting that expectation with your customer, like probably around here is when we're going to see it, you know, and, yep. and those are going to be, it's a way different conversation than. Well, it's supposed to be the first. Now it's the 10th. And now you're telling me it's the 30th. What, what, yeah. What's going on here? And you're setting that expectation early.
3: It even goes down to just that whole deal of like, what am I going to get it? Well, I put in a pre-delivery with service. Okay. But on my phone, I can see, and I have a technician clocked in on it right now and they're, and they just clocked out of it. They just said, it's ready to close. You know, that information being pushed to you and readily available is really important. Yeah. It's uh you know, we all know those driveway to driveway sales are the best. Where you take it from one customer and drop it right off at the next one, is the uh, is the best type of carrying cost, zero. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> for so sure. anything we can do to support that, and that's just what it comes down to, is just knowing what you need to know when you need to know it. Yeah. And uh, that's what modern technology and mobile first
1: gets you. Yeah, absolutely, for sure, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason. That's probably a good place to to stop there. As you're looking at what you guys are doing right now talk a little bit about some of the uh some of stuff out on the horizon right now that you guys are paying attention to
3: you know customer communication is a big part of this as well as they are they're not only expecting you to sell them something they want to know what's coming in they want to know follow-ups they want to know the maintenance reminders so you'll see a lot more from us around that as well with email templates and being able to um, incorporate your marketing into the right sales process and service as well um, text messaging built right in and, and being able to have that conversation with the customer timely into there. Um, that's, that's a big push for us right now. And, and also integrating with some of the other communication tools that are out there so that you have that seamless one voice, consistent voice, uh, timely, collecting payments via text message, et cetera. Um, customers are looking for that and expecting that. So now that we know some stuff because of all of our analytics and the search and the consolidation that we're doing, we're working really hard on how we can push that out and communicate better as well. So cool things on the horizon
1: for sure. Awesome. All right, Jason. But folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over to Anvil. What's the best way to do that?
3: Yeah. Anvilappworks.com or sales at anvilappworks.com. And uh, we'd be happy to talk with you, show you what we're doing. There's a sign up form to hear some of our case studies and dive into what some of our customers are doing with us uh, in their own voice. So I always love to share those. And that's now on our new website, just right on the front page. Sign up for those case studies.
1: Okay. And uh, looking forward to see you guys out in Nashville here coming up in September. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Looking forward as well. Moving Iron Summit is always the highlight of the year. Well, I appreciate that. That's awesome. There we go. All right. I'm Casey Seymour, Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast to see the video version of this over at the cleverly named Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel, which is Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. So check that out. Go to MovingIronLLC.com for everything Moving Iron related and get more information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. All the information is on the website, or you can send me an email at Podcast movementironpodcast at movementironpodcast.com. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Jason Holt. It's going to be folks. Folks, out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com.
2: Find us here. Moving on.